What's up, brother? What's going on? Hey, everybody. I'm back. I hope you guys are ready to enjoy another episode. Today, I've got a really good guest, my buddy Corey. We're going to talk about what's going on with the coronavirus and your fitness needs. We're going to give a little background into our friendship and what uh, Corey's been doing lately. So let's just get right in. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I mean, for the most part, uh, you know, things are a little bit crazy, but but oddly enough, I've kind of uh, enjoyed it and doing some new things. So you, you're a, let's let everybody know your, your background in fitness. You're a gym owner. You've been, uh, before you used to work out at uh, Gold's and then you were running Gold's gym in our yeah, area. Yeah, I've had, I have, you know, a pretty extensive background where I actually started personal training people uh, in college as a freshman um, at the gym there. And then it went and did it in the military. Uh, and then I went to 24 hour fitness, Gold's gyms, um, stuff like that, ended up owning my own. Uh, I've owned a couple actually. So I've been anything and everything fitness. I just can't seem to get enough and it's my passion. Right. So you're, uh, you went from the running gyms to owning your own gym to owning your own smaller gym, personal training studio. Am I right? Yep. Yep. Like when I, I owned a a big box, you know, 40,000 square foot, but I didn't get to do what my passion was. Um, I didn't want to, I was too much of a business owner and in meetings all the time and trying to be an accountant. So I decided to go smaller where it's just me, um, private facility. You get to do your passion. It's kind of like you're building a family. You're not running a big business. Right. So yeah, I remember. So you, when you were running the, uh, the gym over here, you, it was really hard to get a hold of you because I'm not going to walk up with you uh, with a client. You, uh, you're with a client. I'm going to leave you alone. And then right after that, you got another client and another client. You're really super busy. And then, uh, right. then after that, it became you were managing the the gym so much that you were hiring other people to to, to do the clients, and that's how we met. And yep. then it yep. became the point where you hired me to, you know, to hire or to train one client. And it was so bad that at that that point you couldn't really train anybody. You were just managing, and then, yeah, like you said, you got it kind of out of the the working one on one with clients, and you were training other people to train your clients. Yep, because I the way I train my clients, it's it's a passion. I do it, you know. I don't, uh, you know, I don't do all that uh, high sales stuff like that. I just do it because I love it, and people. Uh, buy with me and work with me because they can tell I have a passion for it. But when you're high stress and you're in meetings all the time and you're starting to get a little worn down and your, you know, uh, anxiety is a little bit up and things like that, it wears on you as a, as a trainer and you're just not yourself. And I really missed just enjoying everything that I did, all aspects of my day just focusing on the people that I want that I was working with. Right. Yeah, no, I get it. Uh, so a little background with uh, Corey and I, I, 
my wife was going to the gym that that he owned and they worked together before at Gold's gym and we went to a baseball game w- one evening and Corey just looked over right at me and he was like so when are you going to come work out with me and I'm <laughs> like well we can do that right away and that's the way it went <laughs> I mean that's exactly how it happened and I never oh. understood this this guy's got so many people that he could work out with. Why does he want to work out with me? Well, because you just go down the line until you find somebody that sticks. That's exactly how workout partners are. Oh yeah, you ever, we, had you some, ever we had some pretty good like, workouts too. Yeah, but I mean, have you ever picked out a workout partner? And you're like, this is going to be the the perfect workout partner. Well, yeah, you do that every time, and it never sticks. No, you're exactly right. I, I mean, I haven't had a workout partner really since me and you worked out, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, every once in a while, someone will kind of work out a little bit here and there with me, but they um, fall off, they get busy, stuff like that, or priorities change or, or whatever it is. But generally, they don't last very long. Right. And and where I'm at right now, I've made a rule. I, I can't work out with uh, people in construction, and I can't pe- work out with uh, people that are loggers. Because where I, yeah. I live in the Pacific Northwest, that's everybody around my town. So, and I've learned <laughs> that and it's not about whether they want to do it or not. It's their schedule can't do it. But yeah, so I mean, yeah. that's a little bit of the background of, of him and I. It's more extensive than that. And we're going to get in that in, in a second. But yeah, I mean, that's literally how it happened. So to give my listeners a little bit more we started working out and we had some, I mean, it was months and months and months of really, really, really good workouts. And, oh, yeah. and then I got a, you know, I'm like, I want to be a bodybuilder. I mean, I'm already building my body. Let's just go ahead and do this. And boy, was that the, the experience of my lifetime. So I'm like, Corey, I want to do a bodybuilding competition. He's like, well, I've already done them. I want to work with you. And let's get back into this because before you even came into the picture, I was already having starting to have some back problems and I was already starting to get stiff in my back. And let's fast forward to this point. I've got arthritis in my back really bad. And since that first injury, when I was training for my bodybuilding competition, I've had, I've been in the chiropractor probably for 10 times since then. So Yeah. So I went to Corey because I was working out at Corey's gym there and I'm like, man, I, and I'm working out with Corey and I'm like, I want to do a competition. And Corey's like, well, I can do that. So you want to give them a little insight on what was going on with our training at that point? Well, the biggest thing that me and you did is we really hammered and literally every time that we worked out, we never did the same thing, you know, virtually twice. Oh my and god! I'm so glad. Were, I'm so glad you're going to say that right now because we'll get in that in a second. So go go ahead and keep going. Yeah, and you know we didn't follow certain rules of thumbs of you know people might read something or or see something on the on Instagram or or Facebook or whatever, but it was learning how our bodies work, getting to know your own body and what it needs for load and volume and things like this. And the number one thing that we always focused on was proper technique and proper form. We were huge sticklers with don't just move the weight. It's got to be moved correctly. 
Um, Because once you create those micro tears, that's when, you know, with proper rest and, and some food, that's where your muscles grow. It's not just because you can throw up 90 pound dumbbells when you should be doing fifties, nice and slow and, and creating those micro tears. But that's what was nice about our workouts was, I mean, you bought in, I mean, to be completely frank, you didn't have a zillion fucking questions for me. I don't know if I can say that, but, um, you you weren't questioning, you weren't questioning every single thing that we did. You just, you enjoyed what we did and we had fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember the work the first time, the first workout, we walked in and you were like, do you have any questions for me? And I'm like, yeah, I got some questions. I'm like, my shoulders are messed up. And you're like, well, well, how so? And I'm like, well, bench pressing and overhead pressing, they're, my, uh, my shit's really messed up. And you're like, well, I can fix that. And I'm like, well, I hope you can, but dude, come on, man. I mean, I've been doing this for years. And we're like, no, I really can't. So we go down, we lay, lay down to, after we mess around with some barbell presses to warm up and everything. We did a couple exercises and then we went and laid down where I was the strongest at was dumbbell bench pressing. I mean, I was pressing the hundreds, no problem. And he was like, you got really good form. But the problem is, is you're, you're like going down below where you need to go and you're bouncing back up. And that's where your problem is, where you're at, at that point. I kind of knew that, but you also have to, somebody else has to say that to kind of register. Right. And, and you're like, no, dude, you got to, so you're doing 100 pounds, no problem. Let's just go ahead and stop it at 50 pounds and stop at parallel. Just completely stop, stop, don't reverse it. Stop completely. After you stop, then reverse it and squeeze all the way through. And he's like, you're, and Corey's like, well, you're not going to like the result of it because it's going to suck and you're only doing 50 pounds. But I'm telling you right now, if you do this 50 pounds and then 60 and 70 and 80, pretty soon you're going to be benching as much as you were. And you're going to be twice as big as what you were. And that was the first time where I was like, oh, man, holy shit, this is this is killing me. 50 pounds is killing me. And results from 50 pounds. But you could also feel that pump where we got all the muscle fibers engaged. You know, you weren't feeling the shoulders anymore. You could feel your chest balloon up. And it's kind of a, it's a feeling that's, you know, most people, they think they know what a pump feels like, but a true pump, you're actually, you know, creating those micro tears and you're actually doing um, proper form and technique it's kind of eye-opening experience where you're like, oh, this is going to be good. Right. And, and I mean, before that point, I was recovering so well from bench pressing and doing whatever. And that the reason is because I was never hitting my chest. You want to know what wasn't recovering? It was my delts and, my, and obviously my joints and my tendons. Nothing was recovering there, but my chest never grew. I, I mean, it was recovering awesome. I never felt any pain in my chest. And then when I... Stopped thinking about moving the weight and started thinking about how I was moving the weight. And that's that was a complete different story with me. So that carried a long way. And then it carried into other things that we were doing. So that that's kind of an outline of how we met and how we started working out. We're, we, we can save some of those workouts uh, later recording that we were, we were doing. Uh, to get ready for it but let's go ahead and fast forward to 
when I decided, hey, Corey, I'm going to go ahead and do this contest. Let's talk about some of the problems that I had with that. And after we talk about that, let's kind of go ahead and move on. And we'll, we'll talk about a little bit about what you're doing now. And then we'll talk about the, uh, the situation that we're in right now with uh, commercial gyms and everything. So we move, moving on, we, uh, I decided that one day I'm like, you know what, I've been talking about this forever. I'm going to go ahead and do a body milling competition. And so I'm telling Corey this, we're working out, we're workout partners at, at his gym that he owned at the time. And he was like, yeah, dude, I can help you out. And that, that's kind of what it led into was, okay, we're going to do it this way. And everything was working. And uh, I'm, I'm on the, uh, the sit down uh, cable row and my back just, it just cares and it, it unleashes. And I remember you telling me after that, you're like, dude, I've, I've watched you like the last week and a half and I knew something wasn't right. Now I'm a stubborn person you're right. It wasn't right. I'm a seven person. I'm just going to go ahead and train through anything. So you want to let uh, all the listeners know now there's things that you can train through and things that you can't train through. Now we got to be smart about what we're doing. If you're, you have back problems, you cannot train through that shit. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, you have any, any lingering situation It's all you're simply doing is, you're compounding it where it's going to leak into another area. Um, you know, stuff like that. It's just simply, you know, the bridge is eventually going to um, fray and fall and, and cause problems and stuff like that, especially when it gets into, when you talk about muscles where, you know, you start getting tight, um, you know, say, you know, depending on what kind of job you have or how long you're sitting and, or whatever kind of uh, issues you may have. And if we're not, you know, doing some SMR, we're not stretching, you're not, or being aware of it. Cause a lot of us will feel like something's a little tight, a little tense, but it's like, Oh, you know, we're just going to go through it. Plus at our age at that time, you're just coming through your twenties into your, into your thirties. You don't, you're not used to having a negative result for ignoring something like we did in our twenties. Exactly. And that's where I was at. I was in my young thirties. I think I was like 32, 33 and, and I was stiff. Right. So what does that mean when you're 33? I'm stiff. Well, it'll, uh, I'll loosen up. Right. So here I am, uh, we're working out and cranking away and I'm doing fine, but I'm stiff. And my lower back just went, yeah, you know what? I've had enough of your shit. You're not paying attention to me. I'm done. And my lower back just shredded. I mean, it, it locked, my middle back locked up. My lower back tore out. And that was the end of it. And I thought that was the end of my, my competition. But it, it wasn't. I mean, we, we worked on it and everything. And you looked right at me and you said, you know what? I, I knew that you were, you were stiff, but I didn't know you were that bad. And that's the one thing that I learned right away from that situation was, you know what? If you're sore or stiff and you're working with a trainer, <laughs> since I'm a trainer now, if you're sore and stiff and you're working with the trainer, you, you have to let them know. Cause I never let you know. I just dealt with it. I've always been dealing with that shit since I was. Well, and two, when you're, when you're working with a client, you're looking for that stuff. Right. Me and you were just, you know, two guys, two buddies working out. And now you're responsible for letting, you know, your own kind of your own guard and stuff like that too. And, um, you know, we, we should talk more about how things were going, but it's the same thing. It's, you have to be 
everybody anymore is just always, oh, yep, I'm fine. Oh, yep, I'm fine. And no, you've got to actually just say what you are so that you can get the right information. That's kind of a big thing that I run into is you can tell someone's not feeling right or something's wrong or something's, you know, but they, when you ask them, they're like, they're going to just basically lie. So I've stopped asking and then I just start prescribing like, okay, today we're going to do this. We're going to break this down. We're going to do something different and, or I'm going to do things that are going to give me, you know, a positive result of what I'm looking for. Where I was like, Oh, did that not feel good? Why is that? You know, things like that where you have to kind of get it out of them. Right. Exactly. So if we rewind a little bit and you saw, you saw where I was walking in gingerly and or stiff and you're like, why are you stiff? Well, honestly, I didn't even think about it at that point. I was just dealing with it. And I never thought about being stiff. I th- thought that was the way it should be because I never knew that, you know, at that point your body should, should be loose and everything because it used to be loose. I just, honestly, I never thought about it. So yeah, you're exactly right. And that's what I do with my clients. So I'm like, you know what, what the hell's going on? You're not reaching down. You're not getting far enough down on your uh, stiff leg and deadlifts. What's going on? Well, my left hamstrings hurting me. Well, shit, <laughs> if it's hurting you, this is not the right exercise for you to be doing right now. And unless you ask those questions, your clients are never going to tell you. Yeah. Um, and they're going to, you know, they're going to, I mean, they're working out for you. So they're going to try to do their best. It's just like I had a lady uh, a couple weeks ago where, you know, you know, their level and the workout was a little tougher for her than it should have been. And at the very end, she's like, boy, I, I'm getting a little bit dizzy and I'm like, well, you had your breakfast and she always, she's, she's a methodical. She does everything the way she's supposed to. So I knew that she was tapped and that was a Thursday. So I said, Hey, you're not coming in tomorrow. Don't walk into the, my gym tomorrow um, on Friday thinking that you're going to go through workout. You're fatigued. You need a three day rest, not a two day rest. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, three-day rest for a two-day rest. And people that are listening right now, well, how would you know the difference? Well, you knew the difference because the two-day rest is what she normally got. So she comes in there yep. and she's hammering it out and shit's not looking right. What do you do as a trainer? You go, okay, what's the problem? They're obviously overtrained. Let's look at what's going to happen if we keep pushing it. Why are they overtrained? And you already – like three seconds in, you already hit on it when we were talking about this podcast. <laughs> and it, it was funny because I'm laughing because I, this is what I live by. And what I tell everybody is whatever you're doing in the gym, whatever you're doing in the kitchen, and then whatever you're doing in the bed, those are the three things that are yep. going to happen, whether you're overtraining or not. And when you, you can get as scientific as you want, but it always comes around to that. And when I talk about being scientific, well, what happens with your training? Well, that splits. How well, that's rest. The rest happens also in the gym, and then the recovery happens in the kitchen. And the the gym really doesn't do anything but stimulate those two things. Am I right? Yep. And you know, it's a little bit different for everybody um, because you can, you know, a person could work out every day, right? But you have to be careful on how you uh, stack your stuff. Your sleep has to be there. Like I always, people are always like, oh. Uh, 60 to 80% of results is, is from the, 
you know, from what you eat and this, that. No, it's a combination of things. They all have to be working in conjunction with you. Got to be working out properly, creating those micro tears. You got to feed it once again, properly. And then you have to rest, but then you got to make sure your hydration is there. Those four things. Um, and then all, but to go into like, doesn't age have to do with 100% with recovery too, because you just talk about all those things, but I could lift my ass off, not eat correctly, drink a bunch of alcohol, hardly drink any water when I was 25 and recover and make gains. Right. right. So now you fast forward till I'm 42 and it's like, okay, the, I got to dial back the alcohol like to once or not at all per week to make gains and preferably not at all, honestly. And then I've got to at least get between six and eight hours of sleep. And, you know, that's not, that doesn't seem like a big deal to most people, but I've got a three-year-old and a six-year-old. So anybody that's listening right now that has young kids, the six to eight hour mark is a fucking joke. So I try to get as soon as I possibly can there. And then after that, so we just talked about dialing down the alcohol, controlling the food consumption and making sure my calories are somewhere around what I need to do. And to make sure when I'm ki the kids want uh, fish sticks and macaroni and cheese to cook that. And then I've got to turn around and do regular fish and rice. That's a completely different scenario. And then on top of that, I, with the, the sleep, I, it's hard to get it. I mean, all those things together, and it's always ever changing. So about every five years, your body changes. And I would think before that, with all the variables that we have in our life, it's less than five years before your everything else changes to where you're either getting results or not. Well, and also, you know, what you did to your body, what we do to our bodies is it's, you, you know, it's, it's like a car. Did you take good care of it? If you took really good care of it, it's still going to drive right. good. If you beat it up, it's going to be, it's going to run a little bit tougher in its older age. But also too, something I did back in the day when I was competing and any of my hardcore people who, you know, they got lofty goals and they're trying to get on stage or, or whatever. I tell them right when you wake up, you check your temperature you're going to find out quickly that your temperature is always going to be the same. The one day that you wake up and it's different, that's your day off. Your body's telling you, Hey, I'm in a fatigue state. Let's dial it back. And that's something that I did. Um, I had some amazing people that I learned from and worked with, uh, when I was first getting on stage and stuff like that. But that was one of the things that, uh, you know, still holds true to this day. Right, but but I was also pounding food. You know, I tell people, and I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent, but I'll make it quick. Well, I hope you do. Everybody's talking about it, all these different, all these different diets, the keto, this, that, the other thing. You know, what are you supposed to do? And I said, listen, you're missing one thing. And I pointed to my board of all my competitors. Those guys that got on stage, the reason they got in amazing shape, and guys like yourself, and things like that, is because. You were dedicated and committed. There was no, oh, I fell off for the week. No, you did what you were supposed to do food-wise. You didn't need some trick because you didn't know how to. You actually were fully engaged, fully committed. And that's the thing that people miss. It's 
oh, I'm going to diet for a couple days and then they're off and they're looking for that trick. It's like, no, if you, if you can't, even if you do this, whatever thing that you decide to do and it works, but you haven't learned how to not put down the fork or not drink Mountain Dew or whatever it is that you do, that's the thing that has to go away. You just doing something for 30 days because you have vacation on a cruise ship, uh, you're going to put the weight right back on when you get back and then some. It's being committed and dedicated where it was a high priority. And people always talk about what diets work. It's not the diet. It's you're not committed. You're not you're how bad you want to look a certain way or be a certain health or fitness uh, shape. It, it doesn't meet your commitment and your true intestinal fortitude. Right. I mean, so when we first started working out, we, we had to talk about goals. What do you want to get out of this? So I talked about what I, I wanted to get at. And then I said, I want to get out of competing. And I was like, well, I want to win. And you're like, well, the, the first thing you need to do is show me that you, you want to win. And I'm like, how did I do that? And you're like, well, honestly, why don't you go ahead and uh, eat clean for nine months? And they're like, is that really <laughs> not going to be a problem for you? I'm like, well, I eat semi-clean right now, but I've always wanted if I ate clean for nine months or not nine months, but if I ate clean, what was going to happen? And you're like, well, I want you not only to eat clean, but I want you to rub down as much as you can understood by what you said when I first started doing that for like a week and a half was if you're eating clean food, male bodybuilder, dude, I don't know if there's enough clean food that you can get down your start around years old. At some point, keep shoveling it down, but at a certain point, it's not appetizing. So it's, it's just work. And I started doing that and I saw, and within a couple months, I saw my body completely change. Cause I told you, I can't build a chest. You're like, eat, we'll just keep pounding out, pounding it out. Let's yep. eat, eat. So. Well, I learned, I learned from back when I was younger, I would see these guys that were just like awesome. They had huge chest and I would want to, I'd be like, Hey, what's, what workout are you for a chest? And the guy would be like, well, what do you eat? And I'd be like, what, 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 what do I eat? I'm thinking like, I want, there's some secret chest workout. And then I remember I started to finally kind of uh, dive into nutrition and understanding it and getting more in depth into it. And I started just applying some of these things. My body did a full 180 in like 30 days. My buddies were like, dude, what are you on? What are you taking? And I'm like, they were pissed that I wouldn't hook them up. And I'm like, well, I even showed him the books that I was reading and what I was kind of going through. And also at the same time, I met a guy that, like I told you, he's like, Hey, put that weight down. I'm like, okay. He's like, you're, you're lifting heavy. He goes, and he, it was, he was just one of those guys. He was a good guy. And he, we were good friends. He's like, look at my chest. You said you want a chest like mine, right? He goes, you're lifting 30 pounds heavier on those dumbbells. I don't give a shit what that number says because I'm pushing 50 to 60s on incline press but my chest is big. Yours is not big. And you're pushing nineties and eighties. And I think he goes, slow that shit down. You know what I'm saying? That slow tempo, create those micro tears and then actually uh, feed it properly. Your shit will blow up overnight. Right. Quickly. And, and, 
it goes back to the same thing. And I, I listen to all these assholes talk about time under tension. And it's like, that's a great theory. But unless you're under tension the whole time and you're making that tension work for you the whole time, that really doesn't mean anything. Right. So I can do a set uh, for a minute and a half of tricep press downs really slow. And I can, under a minute and a half, I can get 10 reps in a minute and a half of really slow, lightweight. And that doesn't mean, mean anything without intensity. And when I started work out with you, I already had intensity. And you already told me that. You're like, you know how to work out. This is great. I don't have to teach you how to work out. And in fact, you got some of the best form I've seen by, by people that aren't trainers at that point. And so shortly after that, I became a trainer. So I already knew how to do it. But I also didn't know how to dial it back when I needed to. So when it comes to people that are trainers and you think you don't need a trainer, you really do because it'll show you another aspect of what you're doing that uh, you don't see personally. So let's go, let's go ahead and jump a little bit forward to uh, what you're doing now uh, versus back then in the open gym. You talked about how you, you dialed it back a little bit. And you- yeah, well, and I'll interject with one thing too to kind of tie off what you said. <clears throat> Every guy that I have never trained that saw results, I always ask them, you know, and they all they all have one thing they say in common. Oh my God, I've been doing it wrong this whole time. Doesn't mean that people don't know what they're doing. It's just there's a lot more detail to the fitness world. And we want to minimize it and simplify it to the fact of just go in and move weight and magic happens. It doesn't. It's, you know, that's what's the good thing about a trainer is you're, you're signing an insurance policy and learning how to do it the right way. But the best part about it is that money that you're paying, that's not just for that time. It's for all the years <laughs> afterwards um, of doing it the right way. No, if, if, if anybody's listening right now, when it comes down to personal training and let's say I charge $60 an hour and you're like, dude, there's personal trainers at Valley's that charge $30 an hour. Well, yeah, not only have I been banging away the weights, but at the same time, I've been reading articles. I've been watching videos. I've been training people and paying attention to what the shit's going on. And then I've also been getting certified the whole time. So that was a little bit over analyzing what he just said, but yeah. So yeah, well, I could, I could uh, watch this guy online with the uh, doing dumbbell workouts. Cause that's all I have at home. Cool. Go ahead and do that and see how that works out with you. It's not work out very well. It's not, well, what that person's doing is they're just, I mean, it's all, it's, it's money. They're trying to make a living off of online and hey, teach their own. But a lot of these people that are selling these online programs, because I know some of them, uh, I know what you really do. I know, I know which gym you go to. I know how you're crushing it, but yet they get online because they know the market, and what people want. Right. So, when it, when it comes to training and, and I like how you, you uh, kind of went around the whole and you're like online training. No, what people are selling is personal training, but they're selling it online and there's no online personal training 
except for the people that are really doing it correctly, which means send me pictures, send me videos, send me, send me uh, exactly what you're eating. Send me the way scale. Let me see everything in your life. And that's at that point, if you're doing that with somebody, you should probably just hire a personal trainer yourself. Right. And I've had so many people want to work with me online. They'll offer me whatever. And I say, I can't do it. The only people I've ever done online with are people that have actually trained with me and they're no longer local. So they understand the form and the technique. When they do a squat, I know that their, their heels are down. They already know the fundamentals. I don't need to. So if I tell someone to just do an exercise and they do it wrong, um, you know, they're not getting four times the calorie burn or they're not creating those micro tears because they're not even getting the, the proper tension on the muscle group, things like this. There's so much more to it. And the only people I ever do online stuff with is people who have trained with me before. So when I say something, I know they understand what I'm exactly. talking about. Exactly. So, yeah. So if, if you're following your, uh, your favorite dude on Instagram and you're following them on YouTube and he's like, do this, do that. Yeah. You know what? It's, it's probably going to work up to a, to, to a point, but when it starts to get into a specific nature, like what I had, I'm like, well, you know what? I have an imbalance with my chest and I get on there. I'm like, what's the best chest workout that I can do. That's going to build my chest. And I get online and they're like, well, you know what? Where's the problem at? Well, it's my, the incline of my chest. Well, no, it wasn't. It was never doing fine to build my chest. What it was, was, pulling my thumbs back away so that it took the stress off of uh, my middle joints. And when I did pressing, do it that way, but it was also hitting a lot more machines and cables than what I was doing and, and staying away from the barbell. So how how am I going to get that from somebody online? They're going to write me a, a program that says, you know what, you need to start out with the incline to build the chest from the top. And then uh, start uh, pressing uh, dumbbells to build the middle and then go to a Dean climb position and then start with uh, some cables and do some flies. That's pretty basic. I've seen it all over the internet and that's exactly what they can do. Well, if you're, if you think that you're not going to get something very cookie cutter, you're naive, you know, they, they're selling a lot of stuff and it's cheap and they, so it's gotta be, it's going pretty much the same thing. Right. So I'm going to buy this, uh, this, workout from this dude that's ten dollars or i can buy this workout for this from this dude that's 150 dollars per month well what you need to do is you need to email both people and ask them exactly how what you're going to get out of the workout and yep well to, to tie into that i trained a lady um in new mexico and she did great results she messaged me. This was a long time ago. She was like 15 years ago or whatever. She messaged me again. It might've been three years ago or two years ago, thanking me again. And it was because she put the weight back on over, or, you know, what situation she had or divorce and things like this, but she knew what to do to take it off again. She didn't have to go hire a trainer. She needed to go relearn how she knew exactly what to do food wise, workout wise. She knew exactly what she needed to do. And she looked even better than the first time. I so what you're saying is if you hire a trainer at a certain point, you should be able to learn how to do your own workouts. 
Yes, that's because that's part that goes with it. It's and some people like to work with people because they they won't go or um, you know they need the accountability part. But you should be getting some amazing information and knowledge that you can never forget um, because those workouts should be designed off of who you are, not just you know uh, some textbook cookie cutter uh, workout. Right, and so, when it comes down to to training. You should never be worried about your trainers learning enough that they don't come back to you. If you're seriously, if you're a trainer and you're like, if I give them too much information, they're going to learn from me and never come back to me. It's like you miss the boat because people are going to come and go. But if you can actually teach them how to do something, they're going to obviously learn how to do it themselves and then try stuff themselves. But when they get stuck, they will come back to you. Those are the people that you want to train 100%. Well, but in two, that's what you're, you know, when that person's in front of you and you're, and you're, they're about ready to hire you, you know why they hired you. They hired you generally 70 to 80% of people. They want to learn what to do. Well, do your job. You know, there's only a small group. There's only a small group that's like, yeah, let's just keep going. No, if you really, you know, and every trainer is a little bit different on if they ask proper questions and if they qualify their people, but I've been doing this for 25 years. And, I, and it comes down to the same thing. Are you someone that wants to go to a goal or you want to learn what to do? And generally, nine out of ten, it's I need to learn what to do. Well, that's what they hired you for. Get yeah, exactly. I mean, you you will run into the people that are like, you know what, I need to be told what to do. Or the majority of everybody needs motivation, right? But you are going to run into the people that are like, no, I need to – I need to be told what to do so I can figure this shit out because I'm tired of just banging my head against the wall the whole time. Um, yeah. And those are the best. I, I would think that those are probably the best type of people to train, but they're also the most challenging because they already know quite a bit about the, the fitness industry. They already know a, a bunch about their deficits. And if you don't deliver, Oh man, it's a bad story. Um, and that's what most people don't want to listen to. They, they're like, you know what? I don't want questions. I don't want the people to be asking me shit. I just want to go in there and tell them what to do and make sure that they do it. And it's like, what, always when I was training, I, I always thought, you know what? The, the best thing for me as a trainer is to have a bunch of people that ask me a bunch of questions. And then... If well, it's like, because knowledge is power. And how to correlate that is when you have more knowledge in life, you're because fear controls oh, most yeah. everybody on some level. But when you, but when you, the more knowledge you possess, the right. less fear that you have to almost none. And it correlates right into what we're talking about is knowledge is power. The more information that you have and you know, because these people have tried it before. They tried the same thing last year or two months ago or it was 10 years ago. They've tried and they failed. They've tried and they failed. It's your turn to stop that cycle so that now they know what to do. Now, yes, they may fall off the wagon, but once they've learned what to do, that that wagon, they get back on in a couple of days or a couple of weeks. It's not years. Right. So if we, we uh, break this shit down really quick. When it comes to personal training, I'm going to use air quotes that people can't see right now, but personal training. If you actually have somebody paying you for your services to personally train them, 
if you use the same workout and write the same workout out for five, six, seven different people, you get that out of the industry because we already established that people are different. Ages are different. Recovery is different. What they're doing is different. What their, uh, their leverage is, their arms and their legs and their back and everything else is different. So if you call yourself a personal trainer and you're just doing a cookie cutter workout for everybody, just get the hell out of the industry right now. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, most people who have that way of thinking anyway, generally right. don't have a whole lot of clients. So, you know what I mean? Cause that comes down to a passion thing. That's when you take shortcuts, it's going to show, you know, it, it don't take long for that to, to be unveiled. The, the sad thing is that, is that we have people that have money that just shell it out and then they get new trainers, new trainers and then the recycles and they just jump from gym to gym to gym because they have a certification. But I see it a lot. I see it all the time. And I, the sad thing that I really see is when I talk to somebody and I tell them, this is what you need to look for when you're looking online and they come back to me and they're like, yeah, yeah, you should follow this guy. This guy knows what he's talking about. And I already know who the dude is. I'm like, you know, you just missed the boat because Mm -hmm. I already told you what you should be looking for. And there's a reason why I told you it. And the guy that you just told me that knows what he's doing and he's a 21 years old and he's just 21 years old and he's just huge and he's just ripped and he's telling you need to take these supplements and you need to follow my workout thing. And I'm like, bro, this dude is juiced out of his gourd. He's just roided, has no idea about it. He's just trying to make his uh, 300 grand off of Instagram and then just be done and move on with his life. There's a lot of that going around on the internet. Oh, it's the uh, our industry. <laughs> People are naive. I mean, I can tell <laughs> when someone has a Brazilian butt lift, and so you know they're like, "Oh, I follow this gal. I want to do this workout." It's like uh, she's in her living room doing it with bands, but she has a Brazilian butt lift. You, if you want that, go find a surgeon. It's like they don't understand. Um, or nowadays, I mean, you got girls taking things that they just, there's a lot that goes on in our industry that people don't realize that, you know, hey, that girl that you're following on Instagram, if she were to call you on the phone, you'd be like, who's this? What truck do <laughs> yeah, you drive? You know, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> and plus, and I would always say this to my trainers because I've done a lot. I've had, uh, you know, I've trained and developed, I don't know, probably about 500 different personal trainers. I've done people's externships and I've been at the college teaching. And I tell them all the same thing. I'm like, you have got to figure out a way to be able to show true empathy. And a lot of you are so young, you don't even know what it's like to have to lose 10, 20 pounds. So now you got Mr. or Mrs. Smith in front of you midlife crisis want to lose 40 pounds to get their life back how are you going to show empathy to that person how are you going to convince them that you know yeah, what you're doing when i agree you've never been there and i and that's when i and that's when i teach them how to build a resume and a portfolio and and how to build that confidence but that's the biggest thing is a lot of people 
don't can't relate. They just don't right. know. They don't know, and they have people around them that don't know, and then they uh, start, they go to their gym, and they ask the personal trainer at their gym, and they never look at the, the credentials. And not it's not even credentials, because you probably are, like you said, you've been doing this for the last 25 years. I've been doing it for a shitload of time, too. I've been lifting for over 20, and I've trained a, a bunch of people and athletes in general. And it's like, you know what? It's not exactly about at this point about the credentials and because I think credentials are going to start going away a lot more than what they have just because of how polluted the, the industry is. And I've got the, I've got uh, this cert- certificate and I've got this one. And I've got this one. No, it's going to come back to, well, what kind of portfolio have you built? What kind of, uh, how long you've been in the industry because of Instagram and everything and the, the amount of people that have, You gotta be and able it's to not prove just about what you, you. you can't just, just because say, you are twenty you years old and you got a six pack and yep. you can bench two sixty five, and you got that fifty year old dude that's three hundred pounds, and he's super weak and he's like, you know what? I'd like to lose hundred pounds. I'm, I'd like to bench two twenty five. And how are you going to show him how to do that? What? Where's your background in doing that? Just because you can do it at twenty and you weigh way less and you can bench way more, how can you make him do that? Yep. No, it's crazy because I see it. I see it all. I see it on the line all the time. And I have people coming up to me that I work with. I have people coming up to me that I don't work with. And I have people in my inbox all the time, like, who should I follow? Who should I do that? And I'm really careful about who I put them to. And I, I don't like doing it online, but every once Mm -hmm. in a while, they're not going to hire you and they just want to follow somebody. So you got to give them something, right? it's way better than them just going down the rabbit hole, the internet and finding somebody. It's it's (laughs) laughing about this right now. We're kind of giggling about it, but it's horrible. I hear it all the time. Hey, do you follow this guy? I'm like, no, there's like a handful of people I follow and they're all smart, smarter than me. And that's the reason why I follow them. Well, no, you should really follow that guy. Well, is that guy smarter than me? Well, I don't know. Well, then why should I follow him if you don't know? Right. So literally the people, the people that you follow and you learn from obviously should know more than you about the industry. Right. And it has nothing to do with age. It has very little to do with certificates, but it does have Mm -hmm. a lot to do with education. And that has to do with uh, how they treat people, treat clients. And we're not even getting into at this point, what they know about weightlifting when it comes to training, because if you can't, well, it's kind of like, you know, a certification. There are certifications, but most people don't realize is it's more so that I can understand what a doctor or a you know, physical therapist or someone like that is writing down right. and so I can decipher it. You have to be able to know how to um Oh, the word just slipped my mind. But you have to be able to actually be able to. Oh, anyway, but you have to be able to actually do apply. You have to be able to apply these concepts. Just because you pass a test and you know the answers to things, doesn't mean I can apply it to you, or differently to your wife, or differently to your mom or your dad. Application and knowing how to apply these principles 
and doing a standard exercise, but knowing how to degress it or progress it off of their levels and things like this, you have to know how to apply things. You can't just pass a test and be like, oh, I know what I'm doing. Because I've I've hired hundreds of Pete trainers and I've never I've had I know one person who has their CSCS that I would actually listen to. A CSCS is a very high, you know, uh, certification. You have to have a lot of college years under you. You have to have a lot of a lot of stuff to get there. But they don't know how to talk to someone. They don't know how to apply it. They don't. They can sit in a classroom and break things down and answer it on a on paper. But they yeah, can't that's crazy. Get it what what I always person. tell people when they're talking about people with certificate certifications and everything, I'm always like, you know what? You know what a certification means? Well, uh, what? It means that they're ready to, to learn. And they're like, what do you mean by that? Well, they they yeah. got the, the background and everything, and then they're, they step into a gym. At that point, it means they're ready to learn. Who are they going to learn from? It's not from themselves. They don't know shit at that point. They're going to learn from their clients, right? And anybody that's discouraged from somebody yep. that just got out away from their certification, and they're like, well, this person's only – done one thing you know go with the eager people because they're willing to learn they're really 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 eager to learn and really eager to push you and do stuff with you it's a couple years into the industry where you get people that no i know everything i know more than so-and-so anybody that says you know what i know more than so-and-so you should go with me yeah probably don't because a real trainer doesn't Mm -hmm. talk about what they know they talk about what they can do and then they turn around and show you how to do it. Yeah. Like when I would ever get a new staff or whatever of trainers, the first thing I would tell them, the very first thing is if you're going to be that person that thinks you know everything, I don't want you on my staff Two, I have to have you guys understand this. There is several different ways yeah. to get something done. There's not always just one way. It's not just, you know, you, it's kind of like those smart kids in college. They take a uh, class in some high-end professor and they, all they do is um, rebuttal every, or they regurgitate everything from that professor. Then the next year they have something different. They're just, they're just buying into one book. There's a lot of different ways of doing things. You have to be able to prove it. So when you open your folder did my is my client losing pounds of fat? Are they losing body fat percent? Are losing inches? And is there a lean body mass going up or staying the same? You have to be able. I always told people, I'm going to make you be the smartest person in the room, no matter what level you're at. And how to be the smartest person in the room is be able. You got a client in front of you, be able to open up a lot of folders and be like, here's this person's results. Here's this person's results. Here's this person's results. You can prove that what you do actually works. And the way to do that is actually have the measurements behind it. Because most trainers are scared to death to take measurements because what if they're not seeing results? I can't even begin to tell you how many people in Oregon and Washington still message me about, hey, so-and-so wants me to do this. But I'm like, are you even getting your measurements taken? No. Well, how do you know where you're at? 
But there's so many people that just are too scared to take the measurements because if someone's not seeing results, they just don't want that. It's just too nerve wracking for them or they're too, you know, they just don't want to deal with it when they need to. That's how you become right. a I mean, high When it comes to measurements, in. it's 100% you should do that because if you're online coaching somebody and they're like, yeah, so I've stayed at the, the same weight and you're just like, oh, don't worry about it. You're probably gaining muscle. It's It's okay you could have stopped the problem right mm. then, but then two weeks goes by and they've gained two pounds and you're like, Oh yeah, it's because you're gaining muscle. And then another two weeks. And then finally you get irritated with that person. Well, go ahead and send me some photos and they send you some photos and then you turn around and realize, Oh, they actually have a problem. And it, the problem is, is with the diet that I gave them. If they right. were like, Oh, uh, the, got with you right then about it and you looked at it and said well yeah okay so there's a diet problem that's the problem i hate about online personal training is by the time you address the problem online it's going to be way too late yeah well it's like when i get a competitor i tell them right at the gate i'm doing your measurements every week on this day every week i gotta know where you're at at all Times. Right. So yeah, when I stepped on the scale all the time and I still do it, I step on the scale all the time and I make a mental note of where I'm at. And, uh, when I get really serious, I start writing it down. And then I even got a computer system I created that, that I can plug that all that information in the tracks. I just do it on Excel. It's pretty easy. And it, uh, it tracks everything that w- with mm-hmm. the weight that I'm doing, I have another one that tracks the food that I'm doing. And I have another one that tracks, the overall output that, that I do when it comes to weights and reps and sets. And I look at all that all the time. And I came up with a, a program that does a generic number on it with a, the weight sets and reps. And it'll tell me the output with this generic number that comes down to the bottom of it, whether if it's going up, I'm doing good. If it's staying there or going down, it's not good. And I need to turn around and look at that week and what's going on. So it's not, I mean, you can get as tech, as technical as you want, but when it comes down to, and we talked about it right at the beginning was, you know what, what's your food intake like and what's your rest like and what's your output like. Mm-hmm. And that'll tell you where your recovery is going to be, but you're not going to be able to figure that shit out on your own unless you've been in this industry for quite a while. So. Yeah, and your average person, I mean, not even your average, you, everybody, for the most part, they're tired all the time. They have low energy. They work a lot. They don't get much sleep. How do you just go into the gym? What do you expect to ha- happen when you're in a fatigued state already? You know, and then you're going to do a diet that, you know, you're going to try to just do a thousand calories or 1200 calories. You're, you're, there's no energy. There's no, you know, your body's a machine, but yet you don't want to fuel it up. Because you're already in a fatigue state, you gotta you gotta get that rest. You right, gotta I mean, we're not that meant, body. meant to be hamsters on a wheel at all. We're meant to figure this shit out, and your body will figure it out for you. If you don't figure it out, it'll shut it, itself down. Like you said, where you're starting to get fatigued, it's trying to tell you don't do this shit anymore. Well, one thing I always tell people, or that I've talked to with this whole coronavirus thing, is. The good thing for that will come out of this <laughs> yeah. is I'm hoping anyway, people will start people will start looking at their health a little bit more seriously 
And a lot of people don't even don't even realize it. I don't know if you saw my little video that I did talking to people about how what viruses live off of and how sugar works and all this stuff, but people don't realize that uh, if you stop working yep. out, your immune system is going to go down. Yeah. If you start working out, it's going to go up. When you consume sugar, you know, three grams of sugar is a teaspoon. When you consume three teaspoons of sugar, you shut your immune system down for two, right. and then four, you walk into the supermarket and guess what happens? Uh, yep. And it's just like, you know, people need to understand that. And you and a person just going out and walking or running on a treadmill, that's not the same. You're only right. going to release two hormones with cardio. Uh, ghrelin, it's a hunger hormone, cortisol is a stress hormone. And if you don't do resistance training a certain way, you're not going to release that growth hormone or that testosterone that's going to help with all the other things. But on top of that, if you have stress from your job and stuff, you're producing high amounts of cortisol, which is going to lower your testosterone in men and lower your estrogen in females. And it's going to screw with your hormones, which in turn is your immune system. Like guys, when our low, when we get low T, we get more achy and tired and things don't, you know, well, you're more acceptable to getting sick because you're not doing the things that you need to be doing to maintain that. Yeah, exactly. So we're, we're running out of time right here. Um, to back it up, we, we already got to get on the whole personal training kick. And we're going to talk a lot about this more in the future with Corey and I. But uh, we're going to go ahead and end this episode. And on the next episode, we're going to jump over to, to Corey. So everybody needs to add Corey Aarons, A-H-R-E-N-S. And we're going to send this out on his Facebook and my Facebook, too, to get you all to uh, follow him at the same point. And we're going to start jumping back and forth, adding each other on some podcasts here. So uh, Corey Aarons on Anchor. And I'll add everybody that I know that wants to listen. We're going to go ahead and add them. So, Corey, thank you for uh, joining the Fitness Thug podcast. And I look forward to talking to you in the future. All right. I'll catch you later. Sounds good, bro.